Welcome to the Purpose and Principles Podcast. I'm Max Brown, and here we talk about excellence in life and in leadership. I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. Today, I'm talking to my friend, my new friend who's been involved in some really important work that I've been encouraged to be involved in for many, many years, but not at this level. And uh, so that's why I think this is a really fantastic uh, opportunity to meet someone here at locally in Boise who's doing something to try to change the world and make the world just a little bit better uh, in any way he can. The name is Kenny Sacked. And Kenny started a group or an organization, if you will, called Wipe Every Tear. And it started in a high school teacher's classroom. And as a basketball coach and a father, Kenny Sacks' heart broke during a 2007 summer mission trip with his students during a basketball outreach held in the Philippine slums. Afterwards, he and his wife decided to help one impoverished girl that he had met during that time. And one of those girls quickly became four. And in 2012, Kenny quit his teaching job to dedicate his entire time to the formation of Wipe Every Tear. And the first safe house was then created called the Hope House. And it was purchased and Rebecca Angelis became the Filipino director, if I'm not mistaken. More women were welcomed into the Hope House where they've experienced freedom and security, warm meals, education, uh, and, and discipleship. And so through this simple act of providing a loving home, women's lives are continuing to be restored to this day. Kenny and his wife of 39 years started this, uh, this together. So Wipe Every Tear started in 2008. And in 2012, they began working with women trapped specifically in the sex slave trade human trafficking. And in the eight years of the operation, their organization has transformed dozens of young girls and women's lives to bring hope, freedom, and a real future. So prior to Wipe Every Tear, Kenny taught high school. Uh, He taught U.S. history, and he coached basketball for 17 years. He has six daughters, one son, and 12 granddaughters, and three grandsons. And Kenny, I'm grateful that uh, you would join me on this conversation about a really important topic, particularly as we celebrate or talk about, I should say, how we treat people with human dignity and that this Thursday, the focus really is human trafficking should, should just be abolished, obviously, but that we've got to do more about it. Well, it's nice to be with you here, Max. I really appreciate you inviting me on and to talk about the, uh, it's really a wondrous story of, of how it all happened. You know, I had not planned this, but it just uh, so happened to be that my heart was broken for something that was very, very terrible. Yeah. in our world. And uh, here I am today. Yeah. It, tell us a little bit about that story. I mean, obviously the introduction uh, says it a little bit. You, you know, you started going to the Philippines with basketball games and one thing led to another where you started to see that there were some real serious needs and you felt a calling to, to get started and trying to help other people. Yeah. You know, being a, being a father of a bunch of girls and one son, I, uh, I just saw it, you know, I, I saw it online first. I'd been in the Philippines, but I saw it online one night on my computer. And I, Max, I couldn't, I, I could understand how in my time, the earlier days, how they were trafficking blue jeans to Russia and they were selling for hundreds of dollars. You could buy a $10 pair in America, in America go to Russia, sell it for $200. I remember hearing that. I, and I, I, I could realize how you could take drugs and you could, move drugs from one place to another and sell them. Mm-hmm. But how, and guns, I could see that. But how do you do it to a living person, a beautiful girl? 
I had no comprehension of that. And as I began to click on my mouse and look into my computer more and more and seeing that it was all over the world, I was devastated. And then I saw that I had been in the Philippines and I went, Philippines, like it's there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it had been all around me uh, somewhat and I hadn't seen it. Now the place that we go to is I call like a third world uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. where it's bright lights, flashy, you know, 15,000 girls. And uh, my heart was just broken, man. And I just, I just had to do something. And what has that translated to? Uh, initially, it was helping one young woman. And it has since evolved, obviously, through the, through the biography and the introduction we made. But tell us a little bit about that. What, what are you doing today um, to help these women who've gone through just incredibly horrific experiences in their life so far? Yeah, they've had terrible lives, even growing up. Uh, a lot of them been at work, exploited even as little children to neighbors and whatnot. It's, it's a common theme around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we were very different. Most NGOs, non-government organizations or nonprofits, as we call them here, they work with minors, which is a very, very good thing. But God had really directed us to, like, what about, as soon as they turn 17, after that, they're just, the NGOs around the world don't do anything. And so our, my heart was really broken for this 18-year-old, this 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the ages of my daughters at the time. Mm-hmm. They were in their 20s. And so that's our focus, is that we want to work with these girls who hardly anyone um, focuses on and so our process is what do we do if she was i treated her like my own daughters i thought if my daughter was here and she was trafficked and she was stuck in the sex trade what would i want for her Mm -hmm. she doesn't have an education in the philippines well first of all i'll say this in america and different places in the western world you can become an entrepreneur and you can you can do things without a formal college education in the, in the developing world, you cannot. Mm. You cannot even work in fast food. You cannot even work in McDonald's. You can't sell peanuts at a kiosk inside of a mall unless you have a college degree mm. and, or, or at least enrolled in college, you know, working towards a degree. So we saw the need, as an educator myself and my wife as a teacher, we saw the need that you can educate her. Mm-hmm. And so our girls end up... <laughs> coming out of wipe every tear with a college degree Mm -hmm. and everything changes everything changes well it certainly has changed your life i mean to quit school uh to quit teaching and to be able to do this full time uh what does that look like you started in 2012 and started doing this full time you you now have two homes is that correct in the philippines where you're helping these 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 women to be able to live but not only live, you're helping them to then get their education. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. You know, uh, the process, the process, you know, first of all, we got to identify where the girls are at, which there's 15,000 girls in this one, in this, now they're everywhere in the Philippines, mm-hmm. but this one particular city we go to, it's a sex tourist destination spot mm-hmm. that um, people like you and me, Max, mm-hmm. we get together with our buddies and we go on a sex vacation. Yeah, but you and I would never do that. But it does make me sick that people do. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's how it is. That's Guys right. You're at the office and 
they go uh, someplace for a week or two or a month, and then they buy these girls. And we go into the bars, somewhat ironically, with the girls that used to be in there who are now in our care. They want to go back in. Our girls just say, we, they call me coach. Coach, mm-hmm. when can we go back? We want to go back. Mm-hmm. And so these girls that were trafficked themselves have horrendous stories, willingly want to go back. Now, a Filipino cannot go into the bars because they're only meant for foreign travelers, for foreign, mm-hmm. foreign uh, tourists. So we have mission trips. We have to have people come from around the world. And so we have families that come, and singles, individuals, married couples. And then they're the ticket to get into those bars. And then they for, therefore our girls go with them. And then everyone's talking to these girls about what we do. And we have these little cards that say, wipe every tear. We provide college education, housing, and the list goes down. You know, and they can hardly believe it. They, in fact, they're, they're told that we are traffickers. Don't trust wipe every tear. They're traffickers. And the one that really scares them now is that we are organ traffickers. Mm. So they're, they're, they're very leery. But if one trusts us, uh, and then we, we have that back, back to the story, the girl, the girl can then speak her dialect, her own language and say, and say, I used to be in this bar. I used to work in the bar three doors down. This is real. One girl one day, she pulled out her ID and she goes, this is my, my former bar ID. Then she pulls out her school ID and says, this is my school ID. I was this, now I'm this. The girls can come out. They're guarded carefully, but they can get away usually. And we'll, they'll come down on their day off or on a day of their working. We get them out early after they get off work. Often they get off at 6 o'clock in the morning. We'll take them down to Manila about an hour and a half away, two hours. They'll see our houses. They'll tour our houses. They'll see that the girls are healthy. They're eating. You know, they got their little ponytail on and, they're, and their, their book bag on their back and they're going off to their college classes. And then we, we, we take them, we feed them, we take them back uh, so they can get to work that night. And then we wait for their text message to say, I'm ready. Or sometimes they actually say, I'm done. I believe you. Well, for those who are not familiar and are hearing this for the first time, are not familiar with human trafficking, um, what you're describing here is because they're, li- they're literally living in a prison where they are highly guarded, highly protected, because that is the, the slave owner, if you will, that owns these, these women or thinks they own them, yes. are, are controlling them and controlling their <laughs> lives in every way. So for you to try to encourage them to get free uh, if you will, as an abolitionist, um, yeah. and you're trying to free these women from slavery, the, the slave traders will try to prevent you from doing so. And so they will spread rumors about you and your organization so that the girls will be afraid to talk to you so that they will not want to get away because it might be worse where they're headed if, if they believe the slave trader. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I just exactly want people to know what's happening. Yeah. Yep, and they're they're very scared. Yes, but over time we've developed a welcome center, which is right near what's the red light district. It's called the Walking Street. Mm-hmm. So now they see our sign. We have a, we have a Facebook presence. We have a relief page, wipe every tear relief, where we where we do meals and whatnot. So now the word's getting out that they wait a second. I, I've been there. 
I don't think they I don't think they're traffickers. Right. And we've right. had we've had a number of girls say, uh, "I never believed that." Right. They, they, they told us in the bar, but we didn't believe we didn't believe that. They but, knew that this was a good place yeah, to go yeah. if they could get there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've never been to this place you describe in the Philippines, but I have been to some places in Asia. I've lived in Asia for you know seven years myself. Uh, I have been to places where I have been to these uh, refuges, if you will, where people that have been trafficked are now safe, but they literally oftentimes have guards at the front entrance to prevent the slave traders from coming back and kidnapping the girls and reintroducing them back to the sex slave trade. They do not want these women to get away. And so they are literally in these prisons. It's a very, very frightening thing for them to try to get away. So for them to make that step is not easy. And yet yeah. you're, you've encouraged them to make that step. How many uh, women have come and joined uh, Wipe Every Tear and have now started to receive their education? You know, we've had about 200 or so, <clears throat> give or take some. We're, we're still fairly young, you know. I mean, we start out just with nothing. We had nothing, you know. Yeah. We start out with one girl. That's how we began. Yeah. And so we're really gaining traction right now. So we've had a couple hundred come through. Some will come through for a day and they're gone. Yeah. Others come through for years and they graduate and we get to see them walk across the podium with their cap and gown on and with their diploma in their hand. And yeah, it, it's quite an experience, really. I mean, I get emotional just thinking about it. You know, oh, that's your job. That's what you do. It's, you know, these are, these are lovely girls. They're just wonderful girls they're not mm-hmm. by the way they're not prostitutes they're not whores they're prostituted That's a lot right. of people call them prostitutes mm-hmm. they're not they're not at all they they've been exploited they've been prostituted and uh, they're just like yours and my daughters and no different that's right no that's exactly right and that's why i think bringing awareness to this today is so important what could people do that feel like, wow, I had no idea this was happening and, and more importantly, perhaps didn't know that someone like yourself lived right here locally, working so hard to help some of these young women have a new life and a new opportunity. Obviously, paying for their education can't be, can't be cheap. No. And, uh, and yet you've funded almost 200 uh, women who've now gone on and, and received an education and are doing different things in their life. How do you support this effort? Because human trafficking is real. It's a real problem as we've discussed, and we've just barely scratched the, scratched the surface of this topic today. Yes. But what can people do who now are starting to realize that this is real, that this could be our kids, that it could be anyone's kids, and that you decided, hey, not only do I have to figure out what I'm going to do to make a difference, I am going to make a difference here and you started doing it. And, and that's where this begins. What can people do who hear this today and say, I want to help? Yeah. Well, this one may sound a little uh, odd, but we have found the biggest thing is, is I, I, if I had my choice of, of anything that one person would do, I would say, would you pray? Oh, what does that do? That doesn't feed her. I'm telling you, it causes other people to, to come to the, the front and, and, and pay and to donate. But we would love for people to pray for us. And, you know, we have, you can go to our website, wipeeverytear.org. You can find us on Facebook at Wipe Every Tear, uh, Instagram. And then secondly, 
of course we need donors. You know, we don't have any big corporations. It's all just little tiny businesses and individuals. Some that give $5 a month and others much more. And uh, we would love just partners, you know, just to, just to help us. To, you, you know, you can actually sponsor these girls. Uh, you, can actually, you can actually sponsor a whole home even. We, we've got quite a, it's called Legacy Family. We have it, it's on, it's on our website. And then, and then thirdly, and, and maybe not in order of priority here, but without foreigners, we can't get these girls out of the bars. And so we need people to go like, you know what? I, my church, my business, my group of whatever, I think we, let's, let's get a few of us to go on a trip. I mean, and, 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 and we're very different in that we, we take a lot of risk. We, there's always, there's a risk reward. Learn that as a coach, you know, and, and in life that you've got to take great risk. And so we bring foreigners in and we introduce them to our girls and we go into the homes and we spend time with them mm-hmm. and we eat with them and we laugh with them and we, and we cry with them. We, we're just with them. And then we go to the bars you know, and then we go and we stay in this hotel for a few nights up in the, in the area. And it's quite an experience. We'd love to have teams come and do that. And, and those three things, oh, gosh, that would just be so wonderful, Max. Kenny, Kenny, how do you stay motivated in a world that seemingly, particularly in this part of this, in the space that you're working in, can seem quite overwhelming? Yeah. Um, what sustains you? And what keeps you in this game when it can be so, so, so much? Yeah, I'm a faith guy and I have a genuine, not religious, a genuine relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. the God of the Bible. He's changed my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, having a relationship with God and knowing that God values people Mm -hmm. and he loves the brokenhearted. He loves the orphan. He loves the exploited woman. He is so for women. And uh, that keeps me going. And so when you pull a girl out, she's from the, the, the depths of poverty and of trafficking. And she comes in and she accepts your offer and you see her come in and with her head bowed low and, and shaking and scared. And then you see her walk across the podium at graduation with hundreds of other students Mm -hmm. and knowing that that girl, not just her, but her possibly her children, if she has children, her family members and, and all her lineage from then on, no more abuse. It's, it's a more, it's a marvelous thing to experience. Kenny, I am so grateful for this conversation and for the opportunity to get to meet you today. Uh, I'm grateful that you uh, accepted the call to get out there and do something. And I hope our listeners today will feel prompted to go and check out your website, wipeeverytear.org. So dot O-R-G. Yep. Wipeeverytear.org. Go out, find out ways you can participate. For those who are cynics and don't understand human trafficking, it doesn't take long to figure out how serious this problem is. And for those who are cynics about, well, you know, how are we actually really helping people here? Kenny, uh, describe for them where the money goes if they were to contribute. Yeah. Well, just so they know that everyone on our staff in America raises their own support 
I get, I get the cynics who uh, write me emails, not very much, but it does happen. And they'll say, you just started this so that you could have a job, so you could, you could live in a wonderful place. So you have drive wonderful cars. I'm telling you, we raise our support. And so the majority of our money goes across the ocean to help the girls there and our Filipino staff to do what we do to what we say to bring hope, freedom, and restoration to lovely women trapped in the sex trade. Kenny, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? I might add this. People always say, well, you should take care of things here. There's trafficking here in America. I totally understand that, and I get it, and I love the people who are working in that. But I was in the Philippines. That's where I was, and then I heard God say, I want you to do it here. Do it in this developing world. This is where I want you. So that's why we are where we are. We love what happens in America with the groups that are doing things here as well. So I just want the audience, your, your listeners to know that as well. Yeah, I mean, I just hope that people will feel inspired by the story to know that everyone can make a difference and that even if you just feel prompted to do something. Yes. Do it. Just yes. do something. For me, you know, in my family, you, you know a bit of my background, but my folks adopted, a, or adopted eight kids, but they fostered 100. Yes. Um, we had a lot of people, and that was right here in Idaho. So there's a lot of opportunities right here in Idaho. There's certainly opportunities to join with you and your organization and to help you guys and what you're doing. Anywhere people might feel inspired to stop human suffering, this human trafficking that is going on and is so pervasive today, what we can do and what we could do. Imagine what we could do if we all united towards this yes. cause. It's happening. More and more, it's happening. Yeah. And then, you know, I was thinking this, if, if, if people go out ah, of a website, I'm not sure I remember that. If you just go to info at wipeeverytear.org, that'll go right to my inbox. Or find Kenny Sacht, S-A-C-H-T, on Facebook or Instagram. You can message me. And also, I, I've run across many people who say, you know, I've always wanted to do something. Like, like yeah. more than just give, I, I, I want to be involved. How do I do that? Yeah. We, we mentor people actually uh, all over the world, who, everywhere from Honduras, Central America, to Hong Kong, to uh, India, and various parts of the, of the world. We mentor them and help them do what we do in their communities and their nations. So if, there, if there's someone like listening and saying, wow, I, I, think, I think I wanna talk to him more about that. I would love to chat and, and, and converse with them. And I'm, I'm very approachable. I'd love to awesome. do that. Love it. Info at wipeeverytear.org. Yes. Kenny, thank you for your time today. I hope people will be motivated to get out there and do some research and get engaged and look you up. Thank you, Max. It was so good being with you and your audience today. Thank you Likewise. so much. Thank you, my friend, and be safe. <laughs>